0: You ready
1: though? <coughs> 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 yeah, no, I'm good.
0: All right, uh, let me double check that this is recording. Yep, it is indeed. And one, two, three. <music> hello hello welcome back to another episode of two black nerds hello everybody romeo quihangana and on the other mic is
1: Igadi got here um so yeah start things off romeo how'd your weekend go
0: my weekend went really well i actually went back to notre dame one more time uh got people there yeah i was talking to arno
1: okay okay
0: yeah uh one of my buddies who graduated last weekend Uh, We're trying to get something up and running together, so we're just discussing and just catching up about life in the bend and whatnot. Uh, How about you? How was your weekend?
1: My weekend was chill. Um, What did I do this weekend? I was a homebody for most of the weekend. had a cup of coffee with somebody uh, yesterday. That was cool. Sat and talked for like three hours. That was always nice. Um, Today, Huh? So
0: that sounds like a good conversation? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Like, I lost track of time. I was just like... Oh, yeah. crap, it's 5.30 already? Huh. But yeah, and then today I just did a little bit of cooking, you know? Oh, and I cooked steak last night. Made chicken today, you know, so. Grubbing. Oh, oh hold up. Chefing. Hold
0: up. <laughs> chefing a little bit. Look at your flipper, you know, using your wrist like a you know, pro. Look
1: at the wrist. Yeah, so, you know, that's what's up, though. That's what's up, though. That's good, but, man. Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and introduce this topic du jour. Without du jour. further ado, here's Yemi you know, with the topic du so, jour. Um, So really, we're going to use this episode um, to talk about people, or at least faculty in college that really played uh, a very important role in our development and our growth throughout our four years in college. Um, I was really motivated by my design advisor passing away on Friday. He was suffering from ALS. and Yeah, said like, great man. And he really influenced me a lot in terms of my design. And, like, um, my design skills, even, he was the main reason why I chose to go into design. So, yeah, I guess we can start that off, really. And I guess I sort of went ahead and jumped right into it with SEDLAC. And so, really, whenever I started off at Notre Dame, um, I may have mentioned it earlier, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after computer engineering. I'd switch my major into computer science, but I kind of felt like computer science isn't it's my I felt like it wasn't good enough to just have a computer science degree. Like I noticed this trend about with um, programmers or um, computer scientists that while they may be really good at programming or software development, um, in terms of like UI and UX, it was really lacking. So to really get an idea of how if I should if I want to major in design, I was like oh let me just meet with the design the head of the design program and see what I think about it and see how. See how what he brings to the table or tells me about it. So I went to meet uh, Professor Sedlak, and really what just touched me was how much energy that he brought to the table. Like, he was, you could tell, like, whenever you talk to somebody and how they talk about their program or what to expect, you can, like, just tell in the energy in their voice how much they are, or how passionate they are about their program and about their students. And really, just feeling that energy from our initial meeting, I was like, okay, just sign this paperwork. I'm doing this program and I'm going to like I know I'm going to love it. And I did. It was great. Um, and he was, like, yeah, what's up?
0: No, sir, I was curious. Um, sorry, I cut you
1: off in your thoughts. No, no worries. Uh, I was curious, at what
0: time, like, what's the time frame of, of this discussion? Was it like end of freshman year, early
1: sophomore year? Uh, this is uh, second, no, maybe late first semester, sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And ironically enough, Professor Tudelak was my design advisor after I formally added on that um, um, degree. And, yes, I met with him every single semester. Always a good time. He taught me for intro to, um, well, visual communication design one, which is, like, introduction to uh, graphic design. And really, I couldn't, like, just even taking that one course – If I look at my, like, design skills before that course and then after that course, they did a whole 180 in terms of just, like, quality. It went from being mediocre to being, like, wow, this actually looks like somebody with design thinking and design thought um, produced it. And it was just because everybody told me if you're taking VCD1 – you have to take it with said Sedlak. Like, he's like the best professor out there. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. The other professors are good. But just once again, you have these professors that are passionate about their teaching and passionate about um their students and, like, taking care of them. And with that, like, I can, that's why I, ch- so I signed up for his class.
0: So then uh, one question. So is there a time, a particular moment that you can recall... Where you saw like that passion and that driving him like maybe a time in class or maybe during your discussion. Is there like a particular thing that he did? Uh, Something he said that marked you? I don't know. I'm just curious.
1: I'm trying to think. Let me think. Um, That's a good question. Like
0: how did did he review your work and how did you go about like, you know, when you put in your uh, portfolio work for review. They have a particular way of making notes and like encouraging you. Like I just wanted to know how did that go about it and how he went about it. That kind of motivated you, you know.
1: Well, it's kind of okay. So this is like one I guess um, isn't isn't really directly answering your question, but I think it's related. Mm-hmm. No, so cool. <clears throat> whenever it came the critique time in class, right? Yeah. If you ever notice, um, if you ever notice, whenever somebody asking for like critique or feedback, especially when it comes to design, I stop saying, "Oh yeah." I, I try not to say I like it. A lot of the time, I think th- I, I try to say, like, I think that's sex- that's successful, or I think it's working really well, because for, like, said, like said, okay, so your designers, whenever it comes to critique, you don't want to say, oh, I like this. It's like, okay, cool, you like it, but that's not enough. Why do you like it? Why is it su- um, successful? You know, and he really eradicated that word from my vocabulary. Um, so I guess that's not really directly so, so- like, you know constructive criticism is something that he taught me and that he made sure to pound into our heads like from the first day of class. So make it
0: less about you, but more about the work itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, um, he was all he made us focus on during class like we always had to put our cell phones in the bin at the front of the really? class yes actually, every... actually
0: can you just uh walk me through one of his class i in- i actually want to hear this
1: oh okay so like uh what so an average day in the life of uh vcd in the class, ones... yeah
0: the vcd yeah. one class
1: like all your right. first
0: your first day in vcd class because that's the one that usually shocks uh people the most
1: yeah oh man so get in there you know Does introductions, who he is, pass out the syllabus. Well, we get in there, he's like, all right, so I have a role that you have to put your cell phone in uh, this box here. Like, (laughs) make sure it's on silent because if it goes off, I will, and it's not on silent, I will answer it and talk to whoever's on the airline. And it's hilarious (laughs) because it happened once. Yeah. well, he answered it, he's like, hello, and then you're like, yeah, is uh, so-and-so there? He's like, yeah, she is, but you know she's in class right now, right? He's like, this is, like, VCD1, They're like, your children are learning, and they're paying, <laughs> you're paying good money for them to learn, whatever, you know? He's like, so, call her back after my class is over, please. Oh. Like, bye, you know? Oh, my God. Wait, who,
0: who's uh, whose phone was it? Do you remember? I can't
1: even remember. It was, like, that oh, yeah. oh, New Year, but I found it hilarious, and... He brought a very sarcastic sense of humor to the classroom that really got everybody laughing and like energized. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, even though it was like a three-hour class, it mm-hmm. didn't feel like three hours because you're just working hard and like laughing and having a good time, and time just went by quickly. So, that's really you know. good, man. Yeah, but what about you? Do you have anybody that really influenced you or like contributed to a lot of your growth throughout your uh, four years at Notre Dame? I would think like probably uh, maybe Alex.
0: Yeah, no, so my my, my, advisor freshman, uh, my advisor, freshman year was probably the person that I relied on the most for, not only decision making, but just general guidance um, throughout my undergraduate. And I think he was also our Balfour Summer Scholars uh, advisor. And one of the things that I remember is that he encouraged me to think outside the box specifically definitely and uh one of the things that he encouraged like he was a big fan of leonardo da vinci in the sense that leonardo da vinci never did just one thing you know and he really instilled in me this idea of like what the future is about like he ahead of almost everyone in the industry he saw that the future of work even though people are still handing out resumes nowadays you're starting to see portfolios pop up like it's no one's business, and he called that out about I think two years before my freshman year. Yeah, was even a thing, and ever since I essentially like scattered through the internet are a couple of my works uh, that were influenced by him, and I, I essentially I would credit him with most of my uh, outside the box thinking and just thinking that there's you don't need to just do one thing. Right. If you have multiple interests, the point is not to just pigeonhole yourself to whatever it is your major. Don't let yourself be defined by your major, but it's very important that you create a narrative about around all the different interests you have, mm-hmm. because creating that narrative is almost equivalent to your major. Instead of having the major define you, you define what it is you're learning through um, through your portfolio, which serves as... Hey, this is my body of work and this is why all of this is important. This is why all of this is connected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think like that's the that's the that's the one that I consulted over and over over the years about my decisions and things to do and he he essentially he I was <laughs> it was funny because I used to doubt. I almost, you know how I almost switched out of engineering multiple times. Yeah, Every single time I would go to him and ask him and say, like, oh, I'm really, I really want to do this other thing. And he would never say, he would never tell me that that's a terrible idea. He would just say, well, that's good. Uh, but what I want you to do, right, is just go look at uh, the classwork and see if this is something you think that you'd enjoy before you even sign up. Right? So mm-hmm. He would point me out in the right direction about, hey, I understand that this is what you're looking to do. Understand mm-hmm. that this is the option that you're looking at. However, what if you went and g- get more information about it before before you make your final decisions? Because he understood like the stress level that we're on, but he just wanted to make sure that I kind of like double checked myself. And he made sure to ask the, uh, the question, "Why are you really doing this?" Multiple times before I even mm-hmm. jumped in. So I don't know. He he influenced much of my undergraduate work for sure at least like my side curriculars per se
1: oh definitely yeah man. Man.
0: there there are a couple others like some not necessarily like you know since I, since I was very quiet I didn't necessarily like have multiple people to reference per se but there's like a few moments
1: was you still are hmm? was you still are
0: yeah I'm still I am so like <laughs> in the sense of like there's a few uh, moments from each year that I re- met, that I can recall from faculty that I heard or did something that they did that I remember were really impactful, like till this day, at least. But before I continue, um, I know that you had the chance to also talk to to interact with uh, Dean Piernick uh, rest in peace. In
1: peace, yeah. So uh,
0: too, and I just wanted to know, um, just tell me about how did that first encounter go? What It's kind of a not necessarily hilarious story, but an unfortunate circumstance. The way oh, oh, you're talking about, uh,
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so Dean Piernig, Dean Kathy Piernig, amazing woman. Uh, so yeah, so like I referenced in previous episodes, uh, wasn't really putting into work whenever he was supposed to and got on academic probation after, uh, let's see, my third, after my three semesters in, yeah
0: yeah you know it's early so, man
1: i know hey don't remind me we all make mistakes so <laughs> sorry uh, then along came kathy because i had to meet with her every single week and i came in she was just like you're better than this like that's like the first thing she said to me as soon as i walked in the door the first time i'm just like oh boy She's how like, that make you feel uh well i first I was just like Dang man, I have to hear from my parents now. This, you know, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she's like, you're better than this. She's like, we recruited you for a reason, you know, because they have like for especially like minority students, like they invite them to apply, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're like, We're, we recruited you for a reason, and she's like, I know you're better than this. She's like, and I know that may be hard adjusting to college and everything like that, but I know what you're capable of. We're not really, we know why we pick people, and you're going to be fine. like I want you to be meet with your professors whenever you are struggling or in classes that you think you will struggle in Um, meet with me every single week and we'll like you'll make it through this she's like you will definitely make it through this you're a smart well-spoken young black man I know that you're going to go on and do great things I was just like oh thanks Dean Piernick she's like yeah so do I tell you and like make sure you work hard meet with me every week blah 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 and I was about to leave, and then she's like, and don't come back to my office with that 2.0 like, stuff that you've been pulling like, the last couple of semesters. <laughs> I'm just like, I won't, I won't, I won't. Yeah. So I'm like, you, you know, end of that semester, old boy had a 3.1. So she, you know, and got me back on top of my game. And I was like, thinking eight, I think I was taking 18 credit hours that semester, 18 or 19. One those two, but yeah, and I had 3-1, and that was like, that was my, yo, that was like the start of my come up, you know? No, I remember.
0: Yeah. I couldn't even see you. You were like, the library was your backyard.
1: Bruh, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do to get these, uh, these grades. Yeah, um,
0: so I had the chance to attend, uh, to go to the Notre Dame graduation, uh, which was a couple weeks ago, and, uh, what one of, uh, our, the Dean of Electrical Engineering said is that most of the people, like, she was known as the uh, the enforcer, which is essentially uh, how you met her. Uh, unfortunately, I think for me, I only interacted with her once, um, but I saw that, based on what other people have told me, I know that she was a really a great woman.
1: Yeah, man. And she always wanted... She really knew how important education was in order to be, like, how education can really influence success. Because, like, even... I remember, like, the last... Like, I remember her last words to me were because I ran into her walking to class, uh, my final semester of college, and she was asking me, oh, so do you have a job? Um, yeah, whatever. I'm just like, or what are you doing after graduation? I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I just... This is, like, a couple... Like, a week or two after I accepted at uh, Watson. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, ma'am. I'm uh, going to work at IBM Watson. Moving to Austin, Texas. She's like, oh, yeah, great city. And she's like... And as much as fun as industry may be, she's like, go back to school, get more education, get your <laughs> master's degree, or if you want to, your PhD, just don't get too comfortable. So yeah. I'm just like, I'll think about it, Dean Nick. but, you know, always looking out for me, even until the end, and I really appreciate her for that, and I really am going to miss it, though. Great woman.
0: Yeah.
1: But What about you? Who are some other people? I got one more, but I think I'm going yeah. to let you uh, uh, tell no, about your other For people. me... Um
0: i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out which one i think one of the there's a particular there are a few particular i'm not sure if i mentioned if i mentioned it um Professor Hyder did I mention him on the podcast
1: is he, no he you haven't i'm yeah. trying to think who this guy Old is sounds physics familiar. professor
0: 8 physics. oh i didn't have i had a Lanin yeah you had Lannan. but so professor Hyder before Lannan, uh I had a eight a m Physics class, which most people didn't like i don't understand why I loved it My, mainly it's eight because a m son. mainly because i'm a morning person I understand yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh you know near the end of uh uh first year physics right second semester, you know how things get a little bit dicey with like yeah. the gravity rule and all the gra- the law yeah. of gravity and uh so professor one Saturday Professor Hyder just said, held a like, uh, he had like a help session and just say, Hey, you know what? If you need help, just come over on Saturday. I'll be here all morning. I'll help you guys out. Dude comes in Saturday morning. This is around like, uh, 9am. He comes wow. in with your, like his little puppy dog, really cute dog. Actually, it was amazing. <laughs> and this dude proceeds to like for three hours, just answers every single one of our questions Wow. And everything that we were confused about, right? He even gave us, like, example problems to double check and make sure that we weren't, that we understood everything that was going on in class. And essentially, like, for three hours, selflessly just came in and just explained things to us. And after that, I just, that's when, like, I learned that professors are actually on your side, not necessarily against it. It's just that yeah, it's really important to just make the first step of, like, saying hey um, I actually don't understand anything please help me yeah. right and they actually go out of their way to explain to you so it's very
1: intimidating though you know you don't want to like we talked about you don't want to be that guy that doesn't get it yeah no
0: yeah. but we, we we weren't the folks who like we were the folks who didn't get it but we essentially just you can always admit your shortcomings in the privacy of like a short meeting after class because everyone is always rushing after class to go to yeah. god knows where anyways
1: next class if you have to walk all the way across campus to design building
0: yeah I, i'm just saying most of the people their class were in debart going from the science building to debart and you know what they did once they got to class they would start texting yeah and the reason why i'm upset at that is because i would walk slowly and people would just be like Romeo, why walk so slow i'm like you're just gonna get to the other class and start fixing. Like, no you know,
1: you're like, Where's the fire? Like
0: chill. <laughs> exactly, chill. Uh-oh. But besides the rent on people getting at me for walking slowly. It is. Yeah. But I don't know, Professor Hyder just kinda he retired, I think, uh, the year after. Ap- he didn't retire, he just stopped teaching undergrad the year after that, but it was he and he was definitely a good prof that I remember for sure. Uh how about you? shawa man oh shawa. the legend <laughs> he himself
1: so, yeah professor shawa is a uh, director of icenza i think he's director pretty high up there was my research advisor for like two years two and a half mm-hmm. years or so i worked in three research labs and that was the one that i stayed in the longest dude yeah, is probably one of the smartest guys i've ever met in my life like probably i think he was like the fastest cs professor to get tenure at notre dame it was like got tenure in like two or three years or something like that so and he's like has a chair position yeah dude's really smart and for those of you that are listening that are in the data science like um field if you've ever heard of uh smote it's a uh, i'm pretty sure it's a classifier for analyzing uh large sets of inbounds data um he invented that it has like over i think it has like 1500 or over 1500 like citations on uh like google research papers so scholars Yeah, Google Scholar. Thank you. And yeah, guy's kind of like a big deal. And he just influenced me because he taught me like, so he really is a prime example outside of like, you know, other people like uh, Larry Page, Sergey Brand, blah, 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 blah. But he really showed me like the intersection of PhD slash research and entrepreneurship because... This guy is getting millions and millions in grant money to further other um, other research but he runs his own software his own s- software startup that deals with like data consulting like companies just like oh yeah we have all this data and then or we need more like we need more analytics or something like that Smarter can, algorithms
0: like, yeah better or they can just bring them,
1: they just bring them their data that they have and they want to find like trends in he's like alright well we can find like we can find trends in this data for you like yeah. yeah no problem and even I just learned that's where I got interested in like data science and data mining through his class like through doing research with him and doing um, various class work, um, like courses like healthcare yeah. analytics that we took together and class. data mining my final semester um, dude really pushed me to work hard and challenge myself and he's very eccentric in in the sense that he like he gives his students a lot of freedom like he's like okay this is what i expect from this project um meet up with the grad students or whatever and get something done but like he's like i want you to create a a framework or web framework for um comparing um comparing and contrasting different classifiers on uh, different data sets, I'm just like, easy. And what ended up happening was, you know, I just built it using Django, JS front end, And it was yeah. really cool in that, like, nobody else would have thought about that. But, like, he didn't really tie me in a box saying, you have to use this library or you have to use this programming language. He gave me a lot of creative freedom. And yeah. as long as I was able to do good work, he would, like, and he'd be, always be, like, willing to meet. He's always traveling, but... I would always, like, if I need to, like, talk to him and get his advice on something, I'd be like, hey, um, Professor Shaw, I'll kind of, like, come meet with you. Like, oh, yeah, just email uh, my assistant, and we'll put time on the calendar. And yeah. some guys like that, like, I still keep in touch with him, talk with him. He's a good guy, good guy, definitely a good guy. But, yeah, that's probably, uh, probably my third and final person that really influenced me during my time in undergrad and turned me into the person I am today. He really taught me that you can't really – I shouldn't really shoehorn or um, – you know, like, Ambrose taught you, um, don't Dumb. put yourself into one box.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. He, no he's kind of that. The one that, like, taught me not to do that as well because he's the only, like, professor I really met that had an appreciation for my design skills as well. He's like, oh, you're a design major as well? He's like, great. I need a guy just like you, you know? <laughs> so it's really good. It's really good. I think he, like, whenever I started doing research with him was kind of around the time, well, yeah, maybe a little bit before that, but it's kind of whenever I started – diversifying what I was doing like doing a lot of side projects, doing a lot of research et cetera et cetera to further refine my skills
0: yeah I think we're gonna have to do a podcast on um did I think we just we did one on extracurricular activities that were purely non school related yeah but I but think we we can, can, we talk, can, about we can talk about the technical side uh projects that we did. And whatnot, um, yeah. But to come back on topic, uh, I'm just going to mention two more profe- uh, two more professors. Yeah, that go ahead. I remember that I noted uh, before the podcast. Uh, the first one is also my research advisor, Professor seaball uh, I did some undergraduate research with him uh, mm-hmm. right after my freshman year, and one of the things that I remember first, I think, he's one of the best professors to. He has amazing handwriting. I always appreciate people with great handwriting. You're saying that? Yes, I say that.
1: It's better than yours? Like, you have pretty god-tier handwriting. Trust me. It's the type of stuff I'd write love letters with, yo.
0: (laughs) Trust me. Like, Professor Sebo's handwriting is on fleek. On fleek. And one of the things that he... Essentially, I was once... I was in his office, and uh, he had a bunch of books textbooks on the same topic in his office you know how you walk in a professor's office and you just like there's just a whole bunch of books yeah. and i asked him like well why do you have all these different versions of the books like same topic why don't you just get one isn't that more efficient and he said that the reason why you want to get multiple different textbooks is just that one textbooks explain one concept different than the other and one explanation clicks with you while another might not, or one explanation might be able to explain another uh, another aspect of the same topic that you're learning differently. And one of the things that essentially that I understood is that if one book doesn't do the job, it's your, it's your responsibility to go find the other resources that were explaining it to you, which is always, which essentially, which made me Always trying to su- I always try to supplement my understanding of in class topics with other resources because like if you get if you the book doesn't give you what you need, right? If what the mm-hmm. explanation of the textbook doesn't mm-hmm. click with you, it's not necessarily that you that you're terrible at it. That doesn't mean that you don't understand. It just means that that way the the way the specific way the concept is provided to you at that moment doesn't make sense to you. And the easiest way to fix that is to go to the other resources to get the explanation you need. Because in the end, what matters is not the books that you got it from or how much time you took to get it. Just what matters is that you understand the topic. Exactly. And that is something that I took that was valuable to me and that's still this day that I try to apply uh, to my everyday problems. The last professor is a professor Seelinger is a mechanical engineering professor Mm -hmm. and he had this thing that he called story time so every single like (laughs) one like at some i think it was typically on fridays because students on fridays no one would want to focus so he would stop in class and for the first five minutes says, oh do you guys want me to tell you a story all right, guys. Let's let's close our notebooks. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, through those little stories, he would just calmly and really, really diligently deliver life lessons. And so I took I took the class as a senior, but most which of which class was
1: this, by the way? Uh, statics. Statics, okay. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah, statics. <laughs> so essentially like the not first... Not a good time. <laughs> really. <laughs> Academically yeah. at least, you know. Yeah, no,
0: the, the results were, on my part, were abysmal, but that's completely <laughs> not his fault. But So the first day of class, he stopped to tell us the story of like a student athlete that he graduated with. And he said, well, this student athlete, that what he did, he, that the student athlete did not only engineering, and football at the same time, oh wow, that's unheard of, yeah, but that was back like in the eighties, but the student did that, and he went about to explain to us how this uh student achieved it, and essentially like he I think in that moment, he was just trying to give us the nugget of you can party, but you have to do the work required exactly before you party, and I think one of the other things that do the work before you play, do the work before you play. And one of the things that um, he made sure to mention was that right before we went to uh, Thanksgiving break or Christmas, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, he stopped again. He came in in class and he said, like, um, are you guys, would you guys be interested in the story? And of course, everyone said, like, yeah. of course we're story. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he told the students, like, well, what I want you guys to do this coming break is that you find the phone numbers of three to five engineers in your field, mechanical engineering. You go to the Notre Dame Alumni Network, you find them, you see what they're doing. And over Christmas break, I want you to call them, set up coffee with them, and ask them what they do. And he told us that uh, some of the students took it to heart, like the one time he said it, and parents came back and said, you know what, thank you for really giving my son, like, this assignment because he now knows, you know, he has now a better idea of what uh, what to do, and he seems more motivated yeah. to do engineering. And I felt like he's essentially, like, those type of lessons are really important to deliver, but they're not often included in the curriculum and whatnot. And also to add one little known fact about him is that he did some robotics works for NASA because he holds he also holds a side project to do a highly pre, a highly precise automation autonomous software for robots and That's I was so like cool this guy like he's the quintessential of just because you have a PhD doesn't mean that you are constrained to teaching you can also do other things in life yeah you know and it sounds like
1: him and Shaw are like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, the, ME a, of, uh, the me version of a shaw
0: the me version of Shawa. and like the thing that i learned that you learn about that when you just hear the stories of uh, professors like those you just realize that in the end like you d- you decide what you want to do
1: yeah you te- you determine your fate you know yeah, but that, I, that, that reminds man. me, Sedlak had his own design studio. Yeah. You know, while running the design program and teaching. So He did Games identity design, like all that, like the crest and all that jazz. Yeah. like designed that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I'm like, so then once you realize, one, when you're at a university, take the time to either talk to them or just read their bio page online because you'd be surprised out of how many famous people you're just walking around, you don't even know it. Yeah. And it's always, it's always impressive to hear their lives and just realize that you have so much, there's so much you can do. And just college is just like the tipping point for sure. You know, but other than that, those were, those were the main ones because I know the other professors already mentioned them beforehand. So I think, um, Those were those were the main examples that I can remember.
1: What's up? What's up? I think it's good to like call it a wrap for this episode.
0: Call it a wrap, and uh, this is a really great episode. And so, if you want to reach us and give us any feedback, suggest uh, topics, suggest topics that you want us to discuss that we might have like um, an opinion on. Email us at hello at 2 com. where can they reach you?
1: So you can reach me at KWCHU, K-W-U-C-H-U, you know, on Twitter. Or you can hit me up on i h e a n y i I-H-E-A-N-Y-I.com.
0: And my name on Twitter is at Queer Romeo. that's K-W-I-R-O-M-E-O. Website, domain exists. website in existence, so... Hopefully we might change that in the new. <laughs> All right, and until next time, this has been two black nerds. Take care y'all. Peace.